This is the Blacklist Co. Radio Show with Pedro Frias. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Blacklist Radio Show. This is Pedro Marcelo Frias. Um, this is our second episode recording. I'm here with Luis, my brother. Um, we're down here in central, the central coast right now. And um, it's very beautiful. It's very different than where I grew up in Boston. I love coming down here with the beautiful oceans and nature and, and the scenery. Um, but we're very excited for today's topic because one of the most common topics I get now and Luis also gets now, we're both experiences. How do you launch a new brand, right? How do you start? When do you start? What things should you be thinking about um, specifically around like taking an idea and pushing it into the marketplace and also thinking about like, how do I get and acquire new customers in a systematic and thoughtful way? Um, so the way we're going to handle this podcast is Luis, um, we have a list of questions prepared and we're going to be just breaking down it uh, each step, uh, starting off with new brand development, how to start it, how to lead it off and how to get it off the ground. So Luis, um, here you go. Here's the mic, my brother. Thank you, Pedro. As always, it's it's always a pleasure to be in your presence and uh, kind of pick your brain on on these topics. And uh, my first question, Aaron, you know, to give some context is, um, you know, you, you're in a position, you, you're going to start a brand. You know, and your first thing is, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it better than that person. You do minimal research. However, you come to find out, holy cow, it's not as simple at least the doing part is like actually building a brand. The, 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 the process is very complex. However, when you reach that, that point of like, holy shit, I actually don't know how to send out an email. Who do I reach out to? How do I reach out to these people? What's your first suggestion? And how do you think someone can establish a, a good foundation coming out of the gates? Yeah, Luis, that's a great question. And it's probably one of the most common things people overthink in general is, you know, when you're starting a company or brand is, who am I going to reach out to? Who are my customers? Or how do I reach out to them? Right. And the first thing anybody should do when they're starting a company or a brand is think about, is my target market in the business to business sector or are they in the business to consumer sector? And the reason being is your target audience or your target market and those personas in those markets are going to be completely different. And with that, the tools that you're going to use and the messaging that you're going to use is going to be completely different. So if my brand, which my brand now doesn't do, but I've worked at startups in the past where we focused on enterprise companies, right? So we'd be reaching out to executives who are uh, directors of finance, directors of marketing, very corporate, very uptight. And it's a totally different kind of consumer. And, and you have to get granular in your messaging and think about their pain points. And the first thing you want to do is segment out by industry, right? So am I focused on, uh, do I want to start off and focus on executives in uh, the marketing sector, right? Or do I want to focus on um, Latino companies that are doing business internationally? And when you do that, the next step is to find the top companies in that space, go to LinkedIn, scrub all their information. Um, after you go to LinkedIn, you create what's called an ideal customer or ideal client profile. Right. And you create like a sample one. So uh, this is Luis Fausto with um, 20 years experience. He has five years in Cisco, five years in finance. Um, he leads XYZ. You can go to Glassdoor and you get their um, job description. And when you have that information, you can then not only develop the product, but also when you reach out to them, 
you're going to know some of their pain points and challenges right off the bat and some of their responsibilities right off the bat. Um, secondly, if it's a company that's a business to consumer brand, that's completely different because when you're reaching out to people, like one, um, the sales cycle is going to be much long, uh, faster versus an enterprise company is going to be much longer. And also the way you reach out to people is very different, right? Um, you know, it, this is one of the things that I've kind of struggled with when I did business in the business world versus doing business with people is you have to humanize your approach in both sectors, but even more when you're selling a product or doing like a brand strategy with somebody who's like, you know, a, a mother of two who's interested in, in learning more about finances. If I go in and go, hey, this is Pedro Frias and I'm with a blacklist and we do da, 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 da. They're going to go, okay, dude, shut the fuck up. And they're going to hang up on me. Where if I call a corporate dude, it was like, takes himself very serious. He's wearing a suit and he's like, or a corporate woman. They're like, they're going to want to hear you talk like that. So they're going to say, hey, I work, my name is Pedro Frias and we work with other executives to do X, Y, Z. They're going to love that. Where if you call me with that, I'm going to hang up on you right away. Right? So that's number one is like create ideal customer profiles for each segment. And when you do that, you want to, everything's going to be tailored, your messaging, your pitch, your tonality, your emails, your marketing campaigns, your advertising is going to be contextual to that audience. And that's why the big push now in advertising and marketing is contextual, personalized, humanized approach. I think you tackled some pretty critical points and you made it really clear on, on how to reach out in the sense, I like what you said that you humanize yourself. And you also mentioned it's kind of a, I'll call it a conundrum because it's like adapt, adapting to who you're talking to. You're going to either talk to a single mother, or you're going to talk to them differently than you're going to talk to someone in the corporate, in the corporate world. Right. So I really like that. Thank you for sharing that, man. And I, I'm, these tips are amazing. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. Just a quick point is, especially when you're starting a new brand, um, you don't really know who your customer is yet. And you're formulating a product for that customer. So you're A-B testing in different sectors. So you have to also be lean and not overthink it. So create a customer profile for a segment, great messaging, tailor your pitch and your messaging to them. And then once you go servicing them, you can adjust and iterate your product and your marketing and everything else based upon the feedback. So if you're not getting results, you swap. This is different than what they teach you in universities, right? In universities, they say, here's a playbook. When you're starting a company, there is no playbook. When you're starting a brand, you have to go and figure out Launch, iterate, launch, iterate, launch, iterate, and be okay with that process. I think that's very true because, you know, you, you don't know what's going to work until you test and test. And the, the results will show whether it's working or not. And sometimes, you know, sometimes people get discouraged as into, man, I'm putting this much money in this marketing, in this marketing uh, design or this marketing uh, package that we curated, but it's not working. Like, you obviously adapt and curate a new one. So I appreciate you sharing that, man. The next thing I kind of want to tackle is, so now, you know, now you did your research and now it's, it's time to reach out and send, you know, an email or cold email, cold call, set up a meeting. Now, what, what have you noticed has a better response rate to an email? And what, what can you say that, what kind of components in that email or a call actually uh, yield in good results? That's another great, you're just you know, loaded with great questions today, by the way. Um, so what's worked for me, and this has worked for me, and this has also helped me get every single job that I've gotten in my career period is you want to, not only do you want to humanize and tailor each message, but you also want to be straight to the point. So my name is Pedro Frias. Hi, Luis. 
I mean, my name is Pedro Frias. I'm reaching out to you because I'd like to, what, what's your call to action? What do you want to get out of this email? So put that in the first line. So don't waste people's time today because emailing now is basically like spam mail, right? So an executive, especially mid and like kind of senior executives, VP level, they're getting pounded with emails and they can read and they can see and smell a sales pitch from a mile away. So the more human and clean, almost have it formatted like a text. I mean, hey, my name is Pedro Frias. Um, I'm reaching out to you because I saw that you will have 20 years experience in the marketing space. And I'd love to sit down and have a meeting with you. Um, here's what I do. Here's my company. Do you have 10 minutes? Here's a call to action on the bottom. Very clear, crisp, and clean. Nobody today has time with information to read like, you know, five to six paragraph email, right? They get annoyed. They just, our attention spans are a lot faster. So, if, you know, one way to think about it is almost do it like an Instagram caption, right? Instagram captions are super easy to read. That's how we're consuming stuff today, even senior executives, right? So the more you can do that, have it tailored, specific, and not look like a marketing email, the better you're going to do. I love that, man. I love that. And the fact that you put executive and Instagram in the same sentence, kind of, it's kind of mind-boggling because that's the age we're living in. Yeah, you know, like… It's people in the corporate world tend to take themselves way too serious. But when they go home, they're online. They're on Facebook. They're like messing around. So they're still human. And even though they kind of put on a costume to go to work and say, this is, they're still human and they still have human um, behavior. So things that work like humanizing on Instagram, content creation on Instagram, it'll work in emails too. The more authentic, clean, and personalized an email looks, including the title. So don't say like, the title, like, hey, congratulations on da-da-da. They're, they're going to know that's bullshit, right? Coffee, meeting, five minutes, something clean where they can scroll through their emails and they're going to see exactly what you want. You're going to have a much higher success rate and a much higher conversion rate. And also people like to know that, they, that you've done research on them, specifically senior execs, right? Especially if you're in dealing with… Mar- if, you're, if you're reaching out to executives in marketing, sales, or CEO… They are, they know what a good email looks like. They know when you did homework, they can smell it from a mile away. So the more less full of shit you sound, the better you're going to do times a hundred. Wow, man, that's, that's amazing. Cause and it, it makes practical sense. Cause you humanize yourself and you've done your research, you've done your homework, and then you're actually going to deliver something. And then, you know, results will either yield good results or, you know, you're going to get that person that says no or that email's probably not, not going to get seen, but at least you're trying to find out what what works and what doesn't, right? Uh, next question revolves around. I, I kind of want to ask this, like from a personal level, because sometimes you know, you focus, you you, you take the blinders off, and you're focused around you. Like, man, that guy's doing that. That brand is doing that. Man, I wonder how that guy's building so fast. What is your suggestion? Do you also research your com- competition? Or do you focus solely on like, let me get my market and let me f- go all in on what I'm focused on? My advice, and this is like, a bit, there's a big debate around this. My advice is to, you want to leverage your own unique brand, value proposition, and skill sets. And the more you look, and it's almost like on Instagram, the more you consume stuff that even if you don't want to, it's going to influence the way you think. And as soon as you try to copy somebody else, it's not going to work, in my opinion. Like every brand that we like, like the Yeezys, for example, he created his own shoe. He created, it's way different. Or even um, now Elon Musk with the new truck. 
He didn't like create something that looks like Ford. He created something just completely different. So you you want to understand what's what problems other competitors are trying to solve, but you don't want to have it influence your design and your strategy, especially in the beginning, because in the beginning you don't want to come off like anybody else. In my opinion, I think once you start to segment and scale out, so once you go from like you know uh, zero to one million in, in revenue, like that's your base. And you want to double and triple down what works for you. And then you study best practices to leverage your own unique skill sets. It's just like anything else in life, right? So what works for me online isn't going to work for somebody else. Some things might work, right? But what works for you, what's unique to you and, and what you guys are doing with your brand and your company and your niche, it's not like I might not be able to reach that audience, right? And that's why there's people who like Drake. There's people who like um, Kanye. There's people who like not. So there's there's… You know, Drake can't be Nas. He can't, right? And Jay can't be Nas. And Diddy can't be Jay-Z, right? Or, you know, uh, J-Lo can't be Shakira, right? So you don't, you want to take like things that are good from them, but you don't want to sit there and study people so much, especially when you launch your own company. I think like I would want to take what's good and then like model a little bit, but I, I don't study competitors. Like you mean now when I post something on my, on my page or whatever I do, I want it to be as authentic and like detached as possible, which is one of the reasons why like going to nature is good. When you go to nature, you have the best ideas. Your phone's off, you're away, and you can like come up with the best concepts and ideas because it's not influenced by the noise, right? And now it's noisy. You know, you go on your feed, you're seeing brands, you're seeing companies, you're seeing your friend kind of online, you see, you know, a coworker, you see whatever, and then you're like, shit, should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? And that, if you're not careful, that can fuck you up. I like that. I like that a lot because you have to remain genuine, but also innovate at the same time. And then just stay in your own lane. Stay in your own lane and develop. Yeah, you, you want to stay in your, your own lane, you know, but you, you know, it's not bad to model what works for people, right? And what works for companies. But as long as you're modeling it to your own taste and you're not copying them, right? And, that, and there's a lot of knockoff brands out there. And if you notice, they don't last. Right? That's why we see a lot of these big brands that last through time. It's because they doubled and tripled down on what worked for them. And then like, you know, for example, um, Facebook. If Facebook tried to create Instagram, they wouldn't be able to do it. They had to buy Instagram. Right? And they, they tried to copy Snapchat for some things and they were able to model off of it. But they weren't able to… They're not Snapchat. It's still Instagram. It's still Facebook. And it's very unique. You want to do the same, in my opinion. No, and those are great examples because, you know, you definitely see the, the Snapchat influence in the Instagram world. And Facebook world. So it, it makes perfect sense. My, I, I, my final question is, when it comes down to delegating work and you're starting a brand, because, you know, sometimes you start with the bootstrap budget, a bootstrap team, meaning, you know, you're just, you're just building. You got to build. What, how do you, how would you say is a, a, an efficient way to scale starting off? I'm sorry. I'm just finishing up. I have some old mail in my mouth. Um, so you said, how is it like? Today is the best time, and this is something I've been doing too. If you have that problem, because the internet and the freelance market online has made it amazing to get shit done fast and very high quality, and like not very much overhead. The cover for this podcast that I'm using now cost me $20. And what did I do? What we were talking before, I didn't study competition. I modeled a, another podcast that I'd like 
it's my taste. I said, I actually like out of the hundreds of millions of podcast covers, I like this cover. So I'm going to take my picture and take the frame around it and model it to your own taste. So even if you do look at other brands, your taste ultimately comes out. Um, so you, you want to have others, especially when you're starting off, execute your vision. And in order to scale, you're not going to be able to, I, like, there's impossible for me to make a, like a podcast cover, right? It's impossible for you to, to design a book cover. It's impossible for me to be able to edit and, and do video because my brain works too fast. Like I need to leverage my skill sets and everything I suck at, I'm going to pay somebody else to do that. And I'm going to leverage Fiverr, Upwork, some of these freelance markets, or even you can even go to Craigslist. And you can get work done for much less than it would cost you to go out and party the night before, right? So absolutely. I think um, today anybody, anybody can start a brand, you know, and, and, and have it be very inexpensive and, and you can scale very quickly, in my opinion. And not just because you're sitting in front of me. I think I, I really agree with that because it's the, the opportunity that the internet has offered, especially with Fiverr, Upwork, and even Craigslist has allowed uh, an individual to start even an individual brand at such an efficient price. And like you mentioned, you get quality stuff. And, and that's the beauty of the age we live in right now. Any last words, Pedro? And, and any last mentions? No, I, I think that was, there was a great closing point that this is a time where, and this is, if, if you have the less resources you have today, it could be used as an advantage. Because you can learn how to DM people on Instagram. You can do partnerships. You can do collaborations. You can do Twitter. You can do YouTube. And it costs you nothing. Right? You can use LinkedIn. I posted something on LinkedIn and, and it did way better. It's, I sold more books of, off of LinkedIn. But you haven't picked up your copy. You should definitely pick it up. But I sold more copies off of LinkedIn than I did off Instagram. And all I did is post one. It's the first time I posted in years. Um, so the internet makes it resourceful. You can DM people. Everybody's trying to collaborate. And you can get work done for very, 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 very little. And high quality work too. So yeah, I would say that you know, this is, these, are, these are great questions, Luis. I, I think if I were to close, um, I would say that most people today should stop overthinking, especially if you don't have a lot of resources. I think you should, secondly, is like drop judgment. Like who gives a fuck if it sucks in the beginning? Right? Do your best. Everything is going to be shitty when you first start at it, just like riding a bike. Or if you play ball, nobody's a good basketball player when they start off, right? You need to get repetitions in. You need to get out there and you, you cannot worry what other people think, especially when you're starting off. Worry about your customer things. But when you fail in front of your customers, it's feedback for you to improve versus for you to, it's not a, it's not a reason for you to say, I should stop doing this. And that's the number one reason why most people don't start it. One is because if, if, you know, they're not focused, Two, it's because you're worried about what other people think. And you cannot give a fuck what other people think. And that's all for today's show. Any closing words? Pedro, as always, man, it's always a pleasure having you uh, explain yourself and being so transparent and giving these fire tips on, on branding and how to execute. So thank you very much for your time. This is the Blacklist Co. Radio Show with Pedro Frias. 